0: This is the Gate Charlotte Podcast. You're listening to a message by Pastor John Matthews. I feel a word this morning on something I haven't talked about in a while, but I feel a real breakthrough anointing on it this morning is on the topic of restoration. Um... I don't like losing. If you know me, I don't like losing. My wife wouldn't even play certain games with me anymore. It's just like, and now, now my kids have gotten it, and she, and she blames me for it. And, but um, I don't like losing. And sometimes, how many know in the kingdom, how many know sometimes it feels like you've lost? I said it feels like you've lost. That's what Tiffany was talking about this morning, that the enemy thought, They had Jesus at that cross. Like, it felt like probably to all the the disciples, like, it feels like we're losing. Like, like the one we've been praying for is here. Now he's being hung on a cross. It feels like I'm losing. But see, there's this thing in the kingdom called restoration and redemption, where even when it feels like you have lost, the Lord says, I'm going to give you back not only what you had, but I'm going to give you more than you ever had. Come on, the more, you, we got to engage in this this morning, okay? I, I want you to engage with what the Spirit's doing because I feel such a breakthrough in the Spirit this morning to get back things that have been taken. And I'm not gonna—we're gonna go after this. And I wanna—I want to just start with Romans chapter six, verse one. If you have your Bible, it's probably one of the most um, well-known scriptures in the Bible on uh, on just coming alive in Christ. Romans chapter 6, verse 1 says, What shall we say then? Shall we go sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? I love this passage. He said, you've died to sin. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. There's fire on that, man. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in resurrection like his. Whew, man, I'm... I've read this a lot, but it's coming alive this morning. What's he saying? He's saying, well, if you die like him, you're also going to rise like him. (laughs) We often focus on the death, but really we need to focus on the resurrection. Because the death without the resurrection would not have been good. (laughs) It would not have been good. Next week, that's what we're celebrating, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That he rose, I rise. He died and I died, but then I get to rise. And so he's saying here, he's, but there's this piece of the scripture that the very first verse, he says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? It's kind of funny to me, actually, because he's trying to explain to them. He's like, guys, you're, you're missing the purpose of grace. You don't go and do something sinful so then you can experience grace. It's not the kingdom. It's not how it works, you know? It's like some people think God does something bad just so he can do something good. I don't think, he's, I don't think he needs that little boost of encouragement. I think he knows he's good. And so, like, he, some people think, well, God caused me to be sick so I would believe in healing. No, that's not good but he is good enough to take your sickness and to make you whole and he's so good that sometimes people get confused of the process here Paul is talking to these guys saying I can tell you're confused <laughs> I can tell I mean this is brand new to them they're, the, they're like a young church and he's like I know this is new to you guys so I'm going to give you a little, little teaching here you don't have to go do something bad just to experience grace and he's coming before them, and he's addressing them so they can understand how God's grace works. But here's the thing that we have to understand is that when, God's, when God restores, he doesn't just restore you to where you were. He restores you to where he intended you to be. This is really important because if he just restored me to where I was... Why would I, why would, okay, let's take these guys that Paul was talking to. If God's just going to restore them to where they were, why would they sin to experience grace to go back to where they were? When he restores you, he restores you to where he intends you to be. That's the power of grace. That's why it can seem so scandalous because it's so amazing That when he restores, he doesn't just put you back where you were. (laughs) He restores you to a better place than where you were before. And I want to take a little time this morning to look at a few different passages. But I don't think there's any book in the Bible that better shows restoration than Job. Like, Job is, like, one of those, I, I have to be honest, I have a hard time reading Job sometimes. Some people love it, Rachel Belter, wherever you're at. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're still praying for her, But, like, like, Job to me is, is so hard sometimes to read the story of Job because it's such, such a loss. But there's also such a powerful redemption. And so if you have your Bibles, flip over with me to Job chapter, uh, let's just jump to chapter 42. Yeah. <laughs> We're, gonna, we're just going to start at the end of the story. Is that cool? If you, if, you know, if you know what Job went through, you know that, listen, he. it looked like he'd lost. I mean, if it could ever look like you've lost, it looked like he had lost. He lost everything. He lost his family. He lost his health. He lost his money. He lost everything. And here he is. And we pick it up in chapter 42. And let's just start at verse 1. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. Come on, say all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked, Who is this that the obscure that obscures my plans without knowledge? And surely I spoke of things I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. Pause there a second. I want to get into that. Like this is a side sermon. Some people have side notes. I have side sermons. But thankfully for you, I'm moving fast this morning. So so Job says here, he says, surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. You ever talked about something and thought you knew what you were talking about until down the road you actually experienced it, and you're like, I had no idea what I was talking about? (laughs) Anybody honest enough? Like, you know, we all get saved, and we all know God's good until— like it's raining fire And he shows up and you're like He really is good Like no I'm serious he's good Like I, I, I heard he was good My whole life But now I've seen that he's good there's this, there's this thing that Job is Saying here he's saying I thought I knew it I thought I knew he was good But you gotta understand this is like in the middle Of some serious trials <laughs> And he's like, I thought I knew how good you were. Now I know. Nothing's changed yet. (laughs) See, sometimes we have a revelation of something. Uh, Sometimes the Lord gives us an understanding of something, but it's always an invitation to experience it. This is really important because people... uh, we have a lot of people that will get up and they will speak about something that's a great concept, but have you experienced it? One of the things the Lord told me years ago when I was just starting really start preaching, he said, don't preach on anything that you haven't experienced because you don't have authority behind it. And so sometimes you'll preach on it and you wonder why, did you know, and you like stir up a a bee's nest with the enemy and you feel like you just get beat for a week, you know, and the Lord's like, well, you haven't actually experienced that to carry the authority you need to put that out there yet. Sometimes he'll give you a revelation that hasn't happened yet Well, Let's, let's, look, at, um, let's look at the life of Jesus um, I'll tell you what, before we do that Let's look at my life <laughs> Two or three months ago, I preached on the wilderness Little did I know What the Lord was getting, my, my family was getting ready to go through we, we've went through a whole season. This is not about pity because we're, we're doing great. We're victorious, okay? So don't—I don't don't, I don't want to feel sympathy. I want to feel victory, all right? But we've went through a season where we lost— uh, Tiffany's father passed away very quickly to cancer. Uh, 45 days we found out, and, and he was gone. It was very quick. And I preached two or three months ago. The Lord gave me a revelation on the topic of how the wilderness works, in the church, we always look at it as you have the wilderness, and then you get to have this great victory. But see, with Jesus, we saw something different, where he had walked the earth for 30 years. He hadn't stepped into his ministry, and here's the moment. It's baptism day. John's baptizing. John's in the wilderness. The Lord said he was told to go and baptize until you find Jesus. I always say the joke. I, I think he was just kind of like dunking people, waiting to see if it was Jesus. It's not you nope and and it says that he saw jesus afar off coming i think i i I love the scripture he's out there and he's waiting and he sees him coming and what does he do he comes and all of a sudden he's like i i can't baptize you I, i can't even change like i can't even touch your sandals and see jesus was he had to be baptized he said just permit it to be so john And so what happens? This is the big moment, right? 30 years, he's walking the earth, waiting. Can you imagine what it must have been like to be Jesus when you know that you carry what's needed to change the course of everything around you? Have you ever thought about that, that he walked the earth for 30 years? I meet some people, they get saved, and if they're not ministering two years, they're like, help me. And Jesus, 30 years of walking the earth, knowing that he's been sent to stop what the enemy's doing, and he has to just keep going because it's not his time yet there's a message in that we can't jump into things prematurely there is a, there is something about that and jesus saw the fingerprints of the enemy all around him it wasn't time but here it is here it is it's baptism day right this is like here's my day you ever felt that way You ever had a service where you felt that breakthrough? You know, you you really felt that breakthrough. You went up and got prayed for. You were in worship, and you felt it. And it's like, finally. And then what happened? He said that, so he had the baptism. He was baptized. The heavens were ripped open. I imagine it was a pretty earth-shaking scene. That's one I want to see on, like, HD Blu-ray in heaven. When I get there is when Jesus was baptized. Like, I got to see that. I don't know what it looks like when the heavens are ripped open and the Holy Spirit comes down, but it's got to be pretty impressive. And so here he is. He's being baptized, and we see this amazing moment where the heavens are ripped open, and the Holy Spirit comes down, and the Father says this to his son, which is so powerful. He says, you are my son in whom I'm well pleased. In other words, you're my son. You're doing great. Now, this messes with a lot of people because he hasn't even done anything yet. If your identity is in what you do, that'll mess you up right there. Because Jesus was saying, Great job, 30 years, you've done nothing except walk in my love. Great job. And so, that's hard for some people that are like, I got to do to receive. I don't know who I am unless I have that identity piece. And Jesus says, Great job. What have I done? Oh, I love great job so what happens it's the big moment yeah to the wilderness wait a minute I thought that we had all those 30 years then the big moment and it's time to rock and roll sometimes we have the biggest breakthroughs in our life and they require a season of wilderness right after them to actually work them in from your head to your heart Sometimes we have the most, these big breakthroughs that it's phenomenal. And, but God says, we gotta work it in deep. We gotta work it in. We gotta get it in. And so what happens? He takes him into the wilderness. What is the, t- what is the testings? We know that there was three, but there was four. The first thing he said was, if you're the son of God, what was the last thing that we read that the father said to him? You're my son. What was the first thing the enemy said to him? if you're the son you'd think he'd be smarter than that like, like he started there and, and he's like and he takes these scriptures out of context I'm getting off point but here's the thing for me I spoke two or three months ago on the topic of wilderness I think my prophetic sensors knew what we were getting ready to step into what we were getting ready to go through sometimes you go through this stuff but at the end I know there's restoration I know that everything I lost, I will get back. There's redemption. I'll get it back. I don't lose that easily. (laughs) Some of you need to get some oomph this morning. Like, 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 you need to put the devil where he belongs. Out of sight, out of mind, out of your life. Get him out and say, I'm getting back everything that he has tried to take from me. And so here we are with Job. Job's like in this place where he says... I thought I understood this. I actually had no idea. Being super honest with you, I had a decent idea of the wilderness three months ago. I have a much better idea now. But I also carry an authority to speak into it. And it doesn't scare me. Because when you get through it, you look back and say, you won't beat me. And so Job says, I thought I knew. And then it goes on. And it says in verse 4, it says, You said, Listen now, and I will speak. I will question you, and you shall answer me. My ears heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. <laughs> Therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. In verse uh, 7, After the Lord had said these things to Job, he said to Eliph- all these other people, Eliphaz, Tim, um, yeah, I am angry with you and your two friends because you have not spoken truth about me. Oh, now it gets interesting as my servant Job has. So now take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and, a sacri- and sacrifice a burnt offering for yourselves. <laughs> my servant Job will pray for you and I will accept his prayer and not deal with you according to your folly. You have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. Stop there a second. This is where it gets really interesting. Okay, so Job's got these three friends that have been surrounding him for a while now. They're not giving him the best counsel. There's they're be careful of surrounding your people surrounding yourself in a season of wilderness with people who just sympathize for you. Because in that place if they're not moving from compassion and they're moving from sympathy, they'll often give you bad advice that's not him. Sympathy is trying to be compassion. It's not compassion, though. <laughs> I went over like kind of a lead. All right. Sympathy is not, says I'll get down in the hole with you. Compassion says I'll get you out. And so here these guys are. They're sitting around. I want you to get the picture. They're, they're, they're sitting around Job all the time. They're sitting around him just hanging with him. And they're telling him, like, you know, I, there's got to be There's there's hidden sin in your life. That's what it is. And and you're casting all these judgments on Job. And he's sitting there. If life's not bad enough, now he's got these friends sitting around him just pouring, spewing all of this bad counsel into him. And so we get to this point in the scripture where the Lord says, I'm not happy with your friends. But this is where it gets interesting. They said, if you'll come to Job, I'll hear him. I won't hear you. And it's interesting because he says, you guys got to come to Job, and Job will pray, and I'll restore you. Job is yet to be restored. This is hard to understand. I've seen this is this is the things with the kingdom that sometimes is so hard. I've seen people that are deaf pray for people that are deaf and I've watched multiple people get healed through them and they're still deaf. I don't know how that stuff works. I just know that there's some mysteries in the element of the kingdom and sometimes I just have to say I don't understand. I'm all right with that. That's the most freeing statement for a pastor in the world. I don't understand. Well, you're my pastor. I still don't understand. <laughs> you're my leader so is he ask him because sometimes I just don't understand (laughs) that's where a lot of bad doctrine is formed when leaders feel like they have to give answers when they don't know sometimes you just have to say I don't understand and here's Job he is in misery he's going through it and the Lord says Job you're going to pray for your friends and they're going to be restored You know, how many of you want to be like, what? Verse 10. And after Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before all his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before came and ate with him in his house and they were comforted and consoled him over all the trouble that had brought on him and each one of them gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring what happened when Job was okay with praying for the restoration of his friends God said I'm gonna restore you <laughs> there's this thing in the kingdom that we have to be it kind of ties into last week on humility humility Sometimes you have to be able to celebrate people's victories, even in the midst of what you're going through. And a lot of times, that's what determines what you get to step into. I meet some people, and I, and I always I pray I can be one of those people. Like they're like the people that every time, they always get something. Like if there's like a giveaway, they win it. You know what I'm saying? It's like the person that has, the best example I can think of is like the person that already has three cars, nice cars. And this person doesn't have a car. And this person walks into the grocery store like, You're our millionth customer. You get a free car. And this person's like, Wait a minute. We serve the same God. You already have three great cars. You just got another one. In that moment, how are you going to respond? Because in that moment, Job had to decide, are you willing to pray? Those friends that have been speaking to you while you're already beat down and blaming you and putting it on your shoulders and saying it's your fault, I need you to bring them before me and pray for them. I don't know what happened in the moment, but there's nowhere in my scripture that the Lord told Job, if you'll do this, I'll restore you. Anybody can do that. If you'll pray for your friends, I'll restore you. It doesn't say that. It said, after he did it, he was restored. Twice as much. You still with me? (laughs) Genesis. Just read this one to you. Genesis chapter 15, verse 19. Interesting scripture with Joseph. Here he is. And it says that uh, actually, that is not the scripture. That is definitely not the scripture. Well, Joseph had been sold into slavery by his brothers. How many know it's rough when your family sells you into slavery? you think you've had a bad day until your family has thrown you in a hole and that didn't work, so then they sold you. And he's sold into slavery. And he makes this remark. He said, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. Hallelujah. I don't believe that God puts us in bad positions just so he can do good things. I don't believe that but I believe that he can take what looks like an absolutely terrible situation and do such amazing stuff that you can look back and say I don't know necessarily what got me here but you sure did turn it around and make it good It, it really looked bad but you came in and you put your hands of grace on it and you turned it around and you shifted everything. And, and Joseph, Joseph had been, Joseph couldn't possibly have, have even earned the favor that was coming on his life. It, it was something that you can't earn. You don't go from where he was to second in command over everyone. <laughs> this favor fell on him. But something happened because Joseph had to forgive his brothers. You'll see a connection with the story of Job and the story of Joseph because both of them required that you forgive some people. But they both end up in restoration and twofold of what you lost. And Joseph couldn't just say, you know what, I'm going to let you guys go this time, but do it again. You're going down. He had to offer forgiveness. But that drove him into a place of favor. And so many times with, with, with when we get on the topic and, and we're going to end a little early for my sermon and we're going to pray over like three or four different areas of restoration this morning. And I believe it's going to happen. I believe. I got enough faith for all of you. Don't worry. I am fired up and ready to do it. So if you don't feel it, I got your back. All right? Because I feel it this morning. But sometimes, many times, there has to be forgiveness given for restoration. Yeah. So and Joseph had to forgive. Job had to forgive. <laughs> Here's the thing. The Lord is the restorer. The restorer. Like, like we, we are so good at expressing so many wonderful elements of, like, he's power. He's love. He's peace. He's comfort. But really, ultimately, he is the restorer he sent his son why to restore we've been on this lo- this amazing journey with our kids i just downloaded this 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 uh this bible that a friend put on facebook oh what's it called the storybook of jesus something like that for kids anybody know what i'm talking about the storybook of jesus if you have children get this bible for your it points out jesus in every story of the bible sometimes when we read to our kids it's like where's jesus in that story And it brings him out of every story. And it has laid a foundation where we're just reading from the very beginning. And it's painting this picture with the kids that, you know what? This happened, but he was going to come and rescue. He's going to restore. He is the restorer. The entire purpose of sending his son Jesus was to restore. And whenever God takes a part of our life that's broken and he restores it, we get to be honored In receiving it, but he gets to be exalted in releasing it. This is so important. When he restores us, it doesn't only impact us, it exalts him for everyone else to see that he restored. There's some people in this room that you've got stuff that's so, such a mess that when he restores it, people look at it and say, I know you couldn't do that on your own. I watched you try for 10 years. What happened? He got exalted. See, that's the beauty of when he does things, because we get to receive it, and in the, in the process, he gets to be exalted for everyone else to see it. You with me? Let's just bring this in for a landing. <laughs> sometimes you have to forgive, and sometimes one of the hardest people to forgive is yourself. It's interesting that we understand for the most part, the church is coming into an understanding that shame and condemnation does not draw people to the goodness of God. We just typically don't believe it for ourselves, And we call it humility when it's deception. I meet people sometimes and I can feel the shame they're carrying from a mistake. You, You meet people that made a mistake 10 years ago. And they're carrying shame and condemnation for 10 years. And they think, this is what I deserve. And they have been convinced by the enemy. Especially in marriages where there's been a failure. Just let's be honest this morning. That's where we really see it. Someone messed up bad. And they believe that the other person can be restored. But I'm the one that messed it up. I don't deserve it. But when did grace become about what you deserve? Because at that point, it's no longer grace. It's a reward. Grace is not about what I deserve. And we can get into a place where we shame ourselves, we condemn ourselves, we push ourselves down. And it doesn't even have to be with the marriage. It could be so many different things. It could be a business that failed. It could be it could be a million different things, and you carry that. I, some of you in worship, I, that holds people down. I When I see them get set free, it's almost as like, and the people ask, why do you raise their hands? Sometimes people, the weight just lifts off, and it's like the immediate response is just, I can't explain it. It just lifts off. But some people have to forgive themselves. And I feel like there's a major... The Holy Spirit's on this right now. We can't do self-condemnation. So how about this morning we step out of... uh, We step out of everything that's holding us back and we just step into our breakthroughs this morning. I feel, I feel like the Lord wants to restore specifically three areas and we're going to call them out and we're going to stand up and we're going to believe for them. And here's what we're going to do. It's really easy. I, I get it. There's like a thousand different methods through inner healing to do this. If you have a better one, you can do it where you're at. I'm just going to give you a very simple model that we're going to use this morning. And the first one's going to be this. When you stand up for an area that you're believing for restoration in, You're going to call on the God of restoration. There's something powerful when you call him out. Sometimes when I'm in a terrible place and I need peace, I'll call on the God of peace. I'm declaring it. Second thing you're going to do is some of you need to confess. Confession is not this, like, nasty, heavyweighty thing. Confession is acknowledging, I messed up. I need you to help me. After that, we're going to forgive. Some of you might be yourself. Some of you might be someone else. You giving forgiveness has nothing to do with where they are at right now. All right, here's the hardest part. Ready? If you can get through this, you're gold. Forgiving someone has nothing to do with whether they've asked you for forgiveness. That makes it really easy. It helps. It's always way easier when someone asks for forgiveness, but we have to release forgiveness even if they've not asked for it. Is that not what Jesus did on the cross? He gave his life so there could be forgiveness for anyone who wanted it, even in knowing many would not take it. Thank you, Lord. And so we're going to release forgiveness. And then the fourth, the last thing that we're going to do is we're going to receive at that point, you're going to receive your breakthrough. It's that simple. And so we're going to start, and then I'm going to give you a thought after we do this, and I want you to hang in there because I believe there's one more piece to this. The first one is going to be in relationships. Now, this is broad. This is if, if there's something that the devil has stolen from you, whether it's, it's a relationship between a couple, a child, a parent, a business relationship, someone who messed you up in the work world, and you lost a bunch of money on it. There's there's a a bunch of different pieces. Now, we're going to do one on finances, okay? But the first one's on relationships, and I think there's probably going to be a lot of us, that we believe for restoration in a relationship. If that's you, I want you to stand up. Not many of us breathing don't need a a restoration somewhere. Okay. So we have more standing than sitting. So what we'll do is, is if you're standing, you get to receive and pray. But if you're sitting, I want you to go to somebody around you and just put your hand on their shoulder if you don't mind or just extend your hand towards them. I want the body of Christ to surround them as we do this. Okay? And if no one's around you, you can just put your hand on somebody next to you. That's fine. first thing we're going to do is we're just going to call right now on the lord that he'd come and manifest himself in restoration this morning so can you have to do this okay so right now father we just call on you right now that the god of restoration that you would fill this house and you would manifest yourself right now in this room that you are the one that there's nothing beyond your reach there's nothing too great that the hands of grace can't touch and restore in jesus name so father we call on you we call on you right now. Remember, this is, this is is. you could be in the middle of a nasty situation, but we're calling on the God of restoration to step in right now. Right now. In Jesus' name. So here's what we're going to do. If you need to ask for forgiveness right now, you need to confess that you need help. You need help. You can tell him, Lord, I have tried on my own, and I just confess that I have made a mess, and I need your help. I can't do it on my own. This is a humbling act, but it needs to happen. I can't do it without you. I need you. I need you. I need you. And here's what you need to do. You need to forgive anyone that's hurt you, anyone that has done you wrong. And if it's yourself, this is a big moment. You need to extend forgiveness to yourself. It sounds silly, but you can even say, I forgive myself. I forgive that person. I forgive that child. I forgive that spouse. I forgive that business partner. I forgive that teacher. I forgive that pastor. I forgive them. I can feel it lifting off. I forgive you. can do it. There's a couple of you that I feel that 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 little bit of a hold back. If you're having a hard time, say, Holy Spirit, I need your help to do this. He'll help you. I forgive you. If you don't have to say it out loud. Say them by their name if you can uh, to yourself. I forgive you. Okay. Now just as Job gave forgiveness, just as Joseph extended forgiveness, just as the Son of Christ extended forgiveness, now we get to receive. So if you're standing for a restoration, I want you to put your hands out just like this, like you're receiving a gift. And I'm declaring over you that you are going to see restoration in these relationships some of you are saying it was never good no worries restoration doesn't restore you to where it was it restores you to where he wants you to be so even if the relationship was never good he's not restoring you to a bad relationship he wants to restore you to a good relationship some of you, the dynamics have changed. I'm just going to speak really openly. Some of you, you're, you're some of you are divorced since then. It's not going to try. I'm not saying to restore you to that, but he's going to restore you to a place where your heart towards that person is whole and healed and filled with love. That's his heart. That's his heart. Don't pick up condemnation because right about here, I can feel it trying to kick the door back open. No, you're out. You're out. Love is in. Come on, say, you're out. Love is in. We receive it. I declare that it would be, a, that you would take things, Lord, and you would make connections between these people uh, where there needs to be connection, Father, that would be powerfully and strong connections filled with love in Jesus' name. Come on, just say, I receive that. And, Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. All right, so, all right um, we can do a swap, but if you need restoration in something financial, I want you to stand. If that's not you, you can sit. but we're going to do it with finances now. This could be someone took advantage of you, someone took money from you. Whatever that looks like, we're going to believe right now for restoration of financial things that, okay? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah, let's just make sure we all understand. Even if you blew it, he can restore it. Like, so I, I just keep feeling that, like, well, I made the mess. Well, don't do it again, but let him fix it. And some of you is going to have to be the change the way you spend your money, or is this going to happen again? But it doesn't mean he can't restore you. Can I get an Amen. This is important to understand because pe- <laughs> some people check out like it was my fault. That's okay. He's that good. So financial restoration If someone's standing around you You can extend their hand If you want to pray for them you can I know I'm engaging you a lot At the end of this service But just engage with me Everyone that's standing right now No matter what the reason is That you were robbed from finances I speak over you right now That the Lord would restore Not just to what was taken But he would restore you Far beyond that in Jesus name I feel like there's some people That had some things go wrong With real estate stuff in here And God wants to restore that Um, I feel it really Really strong this morning and then some job pieces where you were promised something and it was never given to you God's restoring that in Jesus name so father right now we just come before you and the same thing if you need to confess and ask for forgiveness I need you to do that right now sometimes it's just a humbling ourselves and I need you to get through this I need you and father I ask that you would forgive that person or yourself where this happened I release forgiveness. I release forgiveness. And I release them. Just release them. You ain't got to hold on to this. Release them. He's taking care of it from here. Release them. I bless you. I bless you. Now I ask that you just receive from the God of restoration. He's breaking things down this morning. In Jesus' name, receive. Receive, receive. <laughs> Come on, let say my God is greater. Come on, say it again. My God is greater. I feel like he wants us to stir up faith. My God is greater. God is greater. Come on, he is greater. And I declare over you that he is great enough that no matter how much, was taken or lost, he can restore it. No matter how many bad decisions were made, he is faithful to those who come before him and humble themselves and pray. He will come, and he will do miraculous. So I release that God of breakthrough in this room this morning. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, say, I receive it Thanks, Jesus. All right, last one that we're going to do is health. If you have had something stolen from you in your health, I want you to stand. Some of you are just standing. You're getting a whole makeover this morning. Like you just get to. You're like finances, family, health. Just maybe some of you are just proactive. I'm just going to stay up. (laughs) Proactive receiving. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, there's something on this one. There's there's miracles getting ready to happen. <laughs> you can feel the faith building in the room. In Jesus' name, we just call on you, Father, right now, God of breakthrough, right now. We're calling on you in this place for the health of everyone that's standing there where something has been taken from them. And it may have looked like they lost, but they haven't. Jesus, Some of you need to forgive yourself on this one. Thank Jesus. Thank Jesus. Thank Jesus. Some of you are carrying such a weight and a burden in your heart on this because you feel like you've brought it upon yourself. And if you have, now is the moment you need to forgive yourself. And release it back to the Lord. In Jesus' name, I release forgiveness. I, and Father, I receive forgiveness. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, I want you to receive in Jesus' name, all throughout this room, miracles. 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 Is there anyone that couldn't have a job because of their health? Something you needed work-wise and your health stopped you? Does that make sense to anyone? Just... Stay in receive mode. I feel like someone that you were turned down for a job or something like that. Is that anyone here this morning? Just wait a minute. Okay, no one in the room? Cool. I feel like someone, I don't know if it's here, streaming, whatever, but I feel that so strong. In Jesus' name, heal. 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 Those of you that have given up on something you did uh, heal 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 Jesus heal Jesus in Jesus name come on you just receive you just receive thank you father thank you Jesus father we receive it if everyone could stand now There's an interest in Proverbs chapter six. Under Solomon's reign it talked about when someone stole something they had to pay it back sevenfold. And that's really just a starting point. I mean, we're in a that was an inferior covenant compared to what we're in. I heard a testimony one time that really inspired me to preach on this. I heard a story of when Bill Johnson lost his father. He called Rick Joyner two days before his dad died. And Rick said, You should know that in what you're going through, you're gaining access to an anointing that you would never have gained if you didn't go through this. And Bill made the remark he said, I'm not going to let my tears and my sorrows be wasted some of you have lost friends, whether it be to sickness, some of you have, there's things that have happened, and this morning in this house, I believe that God's going to release an anointing, and we're not going to see our tears and our sadness wasted, we're going to turn it around, and you're going to step into an authority and anointing that you've never had before, and we're going to release that this morning, but you're going to step into that. So in Jesus' name, right now, throughout this whole room, as things are being restored, I pray that not only would it be restored, but you would receive an anointing. That whatever that area was, if it was finances, you would receive an anointing to speak into the finance realm and see change happen. If you lost someone to sickness, I pray that you would receive an anointing right now to speak into sickness in other people's lives and see it dissipate right there. If it was your family, I pray an anointing upon you that would be able to speak into the lives of others that are having issues. Whatever it is... I release that. Some of you, uh, man, I feel this. Like if you just take it, there's an anointing and an authority that he's releasing saying, you went through this, but take this. Take this. So we receive what you're doing in the room this morning. We receive it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.